Going Linux, episode 267. What to do when things go wrong on Linux, an introduction. Welcome to the Going Linux podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. Whether you are new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will give you valuable information and advice that will help you in going Linux. We hope that you'll find this and all of our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and its applications and using them to get things done. In today's episode, an introduction to what to do when things go wrong on Linux. Hello everybody, it's just me today. Bill is in the midst of a power outage and so can't record. So you'll just have me to listen to here. And I think we have an interesting topic today. I want to give credit to Dave H., a listener to the Going Linux podcast who suggested this topic. Oh, it's probably more than a year ago now. Even though it's taken us a long time to get to this point, Dave, Uh, Thanks for the suggestion. Let me spend a minute to read Dave's email. He wrote, Hi guys, just a thought. How about an intro and an advanced show on what to do when Linux doesn't work? In quotes. Initially, I had desktop crashes with my Kubuntu install that were fixed with the proper graphics driver install, but took a bit of learning and reading to figure out. Also, one of the drawbacks I found running Linux from an external drive is... Do not bump the cable. (laughs) So maybe a show on what to do when Linux becomes unresponsive. The screen goes black or things keep crashing. What to do when you see a kernel panic appear on the screen. The proper way to shut down in emergencies and so on. Well, again, thanks, Dave. And as is our custom, we'll discuss this topic in two parts. This, the introductory episode... I'll provide some information on how to restart things properly and how to recover accidentally deleted files, at least one method. There are multiple methods for doing that. And in our advanced episode next month, we'll discuss how to get into recovery mode, reinstall Grub, and how to recover lost partitions. Okay, let's get into our episode here today. We'll use some examples from Linux Mint, since that's the distribution I use on a daily basis. I have a Cinnamon desktop, and I have another installation with a Mate desktop. And with these two examples, I think these will apply to any distribution running Cinnamon or running Mate, whether they're Linux Mint, Ubuntu, or some other distribution like Fedora, and so on. If it doesn't quite match up with the way things work on your particular distribution, just go into Google or whatever your favorite search engine is and search for the topic. There will definitely be a lot of instructions on how to do these things, probably from the forum that your Linux distribution has provided to you. All right, I know this first one will apply to anyone running Cinnamon. One of the things that I've noticed when I ran Cinnamon, not so much lately, but in the early days of Cinnamon, it would crash and the panel in Linux Mint, it's at the bottom in other distributions, or if you have changed the way Cinnamon works, you may have a panel at the top. 
uh, it will become unresponsive or the icons will disappear when this thing crashes. And then it's very difficult to get things working again because you rely on that panel. And certainly you could go into the terminal and restart your system as we'll provide some instructions on how to do here. But if it's just Cinnamon that's crashed, why not just restart Cinnamon? The way you do that is to hold down the Alt key, press the F2 key on your keyboard. That opens a run dialog, allowing you to run any program that you want as though you had started it from a terminal. And then type the letter R. Uh, lowercase r will do just fine, and then the enter key. By running this command r uh, from the Alt F2 menu, it will restart Cinnamon. Cinnamon has a method of restarting it from the panel, from the Cinnamon panel, but of course, if the panel is unresponsive, that's not going to work for you. So this Alt F2 r, it will work just fine. Now, if you try to run a command just the letter R from the terminal, that's not going to work for you. You have to run it from Alt F2. So if you can't get Alt F2 up and running, then there's something else going on and your system is unresponsive for some reason other than the fact that Cinnamon has crashed. Maybe Cinnamon's crashed as well, but if you can't get any response from Alt F2, something else is going on. Okay, so that takes care of restarting Cinnamon. But now what about if you just want to log out and you want to do that quickly? Well, certainly you can go to the menu on most Linux distributions and there will be an option for log out or restart or shutdown or something that gives you the option to just log out and log back in again. But if for some reason, again, that's not responsive, a quick way on most systems to restart the X server, that's your display server, and log back in again, is to hold down the Control, Alt, and Backspace keys simultaneously. Now, that will only work if that's enabled for your distribution, and not all distributions enable that, but as soon as you hit Control, Alt, Backspace, if that feature is enabled, your system will stop the X server, the display server, and will restart that server and give you a login prompt as though you had shut down and restarted. Now, it's not actually going to restart your computer. It is only restarting the display server. So this is a solution if there's something wrong with the way the display server is working, if it's become unresponsive, but your system other than that is working just fine. Um, now, you may be wondering, how do I enable Control-Alt-Backspace if it's not on your system? Well, this may be something that you can set up in the keyboard settings under the directory usr slash share slash x11 slash kxb. In that directory or in that folder, um, there are a series of files or there should be a series of files uh, some of which will contain the ability to uh, set up control backspace and other keyboard uh, settings and shortcuts and so on. Now, I'm not going to describe how to configure that in that file because that's not something you should be messing around with if you're a uh, new user to Linux anyway. 
And since this is an introductory episode, we'll just leave that for the more adventuresome or the uh, not so faint at heart to research and figure out how to get that done. But on Linux Mint Mate and other versions of Linux using the Mate desktop where this is configured and working, uh, you can go into Menu, then into the Control Center, and then Startup Applications. And within that list of programs that start up when you start your computer, you will see an entry for Control-Alt-Backspace. And it should be enabled by default if for some reason you want to disable that, if you find yourself accidentally hitting Control-Alt-Backspace for some reason, you can disable it by unchecking the checkbox. Uh, and if it's not uh, checked by default in your system, go ahead and check it if it appears there. Uh, in Cinnamon, it's in a similar sort of location. It's under Menu, and then Settings, and then Startup Applications. Control-Alt-Backspace should be in the list, and it should be enabled by default. Uncheck it to disable it if you want that. And while you're in there, if you edit that entry in the list, you can look at what the command is that's actually setting the X keyboard mapping for you. And the command that is on my Linux Mint systems is set XKB map space dash option space terminate colon CTRL underscore alt underscore BKSP. So it's set X keyboard map with the option terminate control alt backspace. And that command will actually uh, run when you hit the control alt backspace keys. And again, if your distribution doesn't provide this feature, you can try adding this to your startup commands, just as it is in Linux Mint. And if that doesn't work for you, uh, go and do the research for your particular distribution on enabling Control-Alt-Backspace, probably in the forums somewhere for your distribution. Now let's talk about how to restart your computer Assuming that the system is still relatively responsive, uh, perhaps the graphical user interface isn't uh, working correctly and something's gone wrong with your system, but it is still working. You can see that the clock is still updating. You can see that you still have a network connection uh, and those kinds of things that might indicate that your system is still at least working if even if it's frozen somehow on your screen. Certainly, Control-Alt-Backspace will work for you in that case, uh, but that uh, gives you the ability just to uh, restart the X server, which might fix it for you. Uh, it might not, though. And so you might decide that, hey, I just want to restart rather than try to uh, exit out of the, uh, the display server and, and log back in again. And this is how you would do that. Uh, you could press Alt-F3 to get into a full-screen terminal window. Alt-F1 or F2 through F6 will also work. It turns out that F7 and F8 probably won't work for you. One of them is representing your currently running graphical session. So Alt-F7 and Alt-F8 won't work for most folks. So I usually use Alt-F3 when I need to do this. That will open a full-screen terminal. 
then what you want to do is run the command sudo space reboot r e b double o t space now n o w and then an exclamation point you need that exclamation point to make this work so it's sudo reboot now and then hit the enter key be aware that as soon as you issue that command it's going to display some text on the screen that indicates that it's going to shut down and when it's done it actually shuts down and reboots and your computer then asks you to log back in again but it will have done a complete restart of your system at that point presuming that everything is working now if for some reason your computer uh, allows you to get into that full screen terminal but the reboot now command doesn't work or you just want to shut down you don't actually want to restart here's how through a terminal command to shut down your system completely again to open a new terminal session in a full screen window you want to press alt f one through six uh, any one of those keys will do i like uh, alt f3 then the command you want to run is sudo space halt h-a-l-t and then press the enter key and again as soon as you lift your finger from the enter key the command will be issued and your system will display some text on the screen indicating that it is going to shut down and at this point there's really nothing you can do but let it finish so once that's done the power goes off on your computer and you can then press the power button to restart if you wish to do that okay so we've talked so far about how to restart cinnamon we've talked about how to restart the display server the x server and just uh, give yourself the login screen again we've discussed how to restart your system if it's responsive other than the graphical user interface and we've discussed how to shut down your system if it's responsive other than the graphical user interface so now let's talk about how to restart your computer if your system is completely unresponsive so in this case you've noticed that the clock has stopped updating your mouse pointer doesn't even move um, perhaps it does move uh, but if it doesn't move then you're absolutely certain that your computer is not functioning at all and it's just obvious that everything has stopped dead with your computer so this is the second to last ditch effort for you for uh, getting your computer up and running again now in this case you're going to need to hold down three keys on your keyboard and typing something else and as a result this is a bit of a stretch for most people to do all of that mainly because the keys that you need to hold down are at opposite ends of the keyboard on some keyboards so uh, if you are someone who is missing a hand if you have small hands if you're missing some fingers on one of your hands this might actually not be possible for you but if this is possible or if these three keys are relatively close together on your keyboard you might actually be able to do this and here is what you need to do the three keys you need to hold down are the control key the alt key and the system request key 
Now you may have control and alt keys on the lower right hand side of your keyboard if you have a large enough keyboard and if that's the case then this won't be quite as much of a stretch as if you don't because on the US keyboards at least the control and alt key are usually on the lower left part of the keyboard and the system request key is in the upper right part of the keyboard and it's right under the print screen key. So while holding down the control alt and system request keys simultaneously you need to slowly type the letters R and pause in between each of these. R E is an echo I S is in Sierra U and then B as in Baker. So hold down control alt and system request and then slowly type the letters R E I S U and B. Each of those letters issues a command to your system that allows it to shut down in an orderly fashion. It stops the hard drive from running. It issues the restart command and performs several other functions in between. So uh, that sequence of events will start most systems, even if it's completely unresponsive to you. And if you need some way of remembering that sequence of keys that you need to press, uh, certainly you can write it down. But typically I find that when this happens, I don't have my notes with me. So if you can remember the control alt system request part of it, the way you can remember the letters is it's the word busier spelled backwards. Busier, B-U-S-I-E-R. And you type them in reverse order. R-E-I-S-U-B. Little trick to remember those. And I have certainly used that in the past. Okay. Finally, how to shut down your system if it's completely unresponsive and the previous suggestion didn't work. So sometimes your system is so locked up that you just can't get anything to work, even the Control-Alt-System request suggestion that I just made. And this is your last resort, and please use this only as a last resort. And if you've been using this to shut down your computer on a regular basis, you shouldn't be doing that. It is not safe for your hard drive if it is actually spinning, and it's probably not a good practice generally overall. But it is a last resort if nothing else works. And if your system is unresponsive, it's very unlikely that the hard drive is working. And so if you've tried everything else here and nothing works, the risk is pretty minimal that this is going to do any damage to your system. Simply press and hold the power button on your computer. The hardware button that turns off the power. Hold it for two seconds. That will force your computer into shutdown. It shuts it down immediately. It doesn't shut it down in an orderly fashion. It just cuts the power. If you've got a laptop, it's the equivalent of taking out the battery and then unplugging the power cord. If you have something that's not a mobile computer, it's the same as unplugging the power cord. It just removes the power from your system all at once 
which is why it's so dangerous to your hard drive if it happens to be spinning at the time that the power goes down. Same thing happens if you get hit by a lightning strike and you don't have any sort of power uh, protection for your computer. It is possible that it could damage some of the data on your hard drive. Okay, that's it. Those are the methods that I have for shutting down your system. There may be some other ones out there. If you have your favorite one that I haven't covered here, please feel free to write in with that information. And you can put that on the Google Plus community, or you can send us an email, or if you want to send us a voicemail or record us an audio file and send that in, you can do that as well. Okay, as our last segment in the podcast today, I'd like to walk you through how to recover files from your hard drive or a USB drive or other storage media that perhaps you have accidentally deleted or accidentally erased the files on that drive. And to do that, we use a program called PhotoRec. And it's not W-R-E-C-K, it's R-E-C, so photo, P-H-O-T-O-R-E-C. Now, this is a program that's bundled with another program from the same CG Security, uh, and it is available for cross-platform use. And I'll describe what the platforms are that it will work on, but it's certainly available for Linux, and if you check in your Linux repositories for the program test disk, which is what PhotoRec is uh, bundled with, I would suggest that you attempt to find it in your repositories and install that version as a first try. And if that's not available, then you can go to the link in the show notes to download and install test disk. Now, what is this PhotoRec pro program that is provided along with test disk. And by the way, we will be discussing test disk in our advanced episode. According to their website, PhotoRec, which by the way is short for photo recovery, is file data recovery software designed to recover lost files, including video, documents, and archives from hard disks, CD-ROMs, and lost pictures thus the photo recovery name, from digital camera memory. PhotoRec ignores the file system and goes after the underlying data. So it will still work even if your media's file system has been severely damaged or reformatted. PhotoRec is free. It's open source, multi-platform application, and it's distributed under the GPL version 2. Uh, PhotoRec is a companion program to Test Disk, an application for recovering lost partitions on a wide variety of file systems and making non-bootable disks bootable again. The website continues, for more safety, PhotoRec uses read-only access to handle the drive or memory card you're about to recover lost data from. Important. As soon as a picture or file is accidentally deleted, or if you discover anything missing, do not save any more pictures or files to that memory device or hard disk drive. Otherwise, you may overwrite your lost data. This means that while using PhotoRec, you must not choose to write the recovered files to the same partition they were stored on. 
So that's the end of the portion that I'll read from their website. So to summarize, PhotoRack ignores the file system. It recovers the files in read-only mode. And it's important that you not write anything to the disk you're trying to recover the files from. So when you restore the files, put them on a different disk. And that'll be pretty easy if you're recovering files from an external hard drive. Just store those files on the computer that you're using to do the recovery using PhotoRec. If you're recovering files from the hard drive you're running PhotoRec on, I would recommend that you recover those files and store them on an external drive somewhere rather than restore them to the um, the hard drive you're running PhotoRec from. And if you can, uh, run PhotoRec from uh, Live DVD or Live USB and recover the files from your hard drive and put them on a different hard drive or USB stick if you've got one that's large enough to hold the files that you're trying to recover. So I mentioned that this PhotoRec program is cross-platform. And in fact, according to their website, PhotoRec runs under DOS, Windows 95, 98, any of the 90 series of Windows, Windows NT4, Windows 2000, Windows XP, Windows 2003, Vista 2008, 7, doesn't say anything about Windows 8. I don't know whether it runs under Windows 8 or not. It'll run under Linux, FreeBSD, NetBSD, OpenBSD, Sun Solaris, Mac OS X. And so it is truly, truly, truly a cross-platform application. And as I mentioned, it's bundled with Test Disk. I'm sure you can install PhotoRec separately if you really need to, but Test Disk is a good program to have as well. So Check our show notes. We'll have a link to downloading Test Disk and PhotoRec all in one shot. And if you're running Linux, I would check your repositories first, your software manager, and see if it's there. So once you have it installed, you run it from the command line by typing in PhotoRec. Pretty straightforward. You don't need to add anything other than that. It does require to run as root. So if you um, just type PhotoRec without the sudo in front of it, it will tell you that it's going to try to restart issuing the command with sudo. If you want to bypass that message, just type sudo space PhotoRec and you will then get into the program. It's a text-based program and as a result it will show text prompts on the screen, but you'll be able to use the arrow keys on your keyboard to navigate between the various options. And the first thing it will do is present the media that is available in your system. And what I see on my screen here is the first disk is slash dev slash SDA. It indicates that it's a 40 gigabyte drive and that indeed is the hard drive on my Linux Mint Mate system. The second drive that it presents is slash devs slash sdb, and this is a 32 gigabyte removable storage uh, USB drive, thumb drive, and so I can tell that is the disk that I want to choose. Now, it's got the SDA disk, my hard drive, 
highlighted. I want to highlight the one below that, which is the SDB drive. So in order to do that, I just press the down arrow key on my keyboard, which moves the highlight to the SDB drive. And that then indicates that it is ready to go. Now below that, you'll see that there is uh, the word proceed highlighted and the word quit next to it. So if you want to exit this program without doing anything, you want to press the right arrow key to move over to the word quit and then press enter. If you want to actually proceed with recovery, just make sure that the word proceed is highlighted, that you have selected the correct disk for recovery, and then press the enter key. The next thing that appears on the screen is a list of partitions on that drive that you selected. On this thumb drive, there's just one partition, so it is correct. Uh, now, at the bottom of the screen, there is the word search, which starts the search for files. There's the word options, which apparently allows you to modify some options, which when I select it for this particular thumb drive, doesn't really give me any options. Uh, the next selection is the file options, which under most cases you do not need to mess around with, but it allows you to indicate which types of files you want to uh, select for your attempt at recovery. Uh, they're all checked by default, and so it's going to look for everything by default. If you want to go through this long list and disable some, you can do so. And the last option there, of course, is quit uh, if you want to back out of this at this point. So for most people, you want to use that first option, which is the word search. Press the enter key. It now asks you what was the file system type on the drive where the files were stored. And in my case, it's indicating that the current file system format for this USB drive is FAT32. And the two selections that are available to me are the EXT2, 3, or 4 file system, which of course is a Linux file system. And the other option is the word other and it prompts that these include FAT, NTFS, HFS+, RiserFS, and so on. So if the media that you're trying to recover files from is not an EXT 2, 3, or 4 file system, then you want to choose Other. And it has selected this by default for me, so I'm assuming that it can detect what the file system is in most cases. Pressing the Enter key again, the next thing that PhotoRec asks is, do you want to scan just the unallocated space on the drive, or do you want to attempt to extract files from the whole partition? In my case, it is defaulting to the free space. If you know that the file that you lost is somewhere other than in unallocated space on that partition or in that drive, you want to choose whole. So press the down arrow key to select whole. And now is where it's asking you, where do you want to place these files? Uh, in my case, since I'm running PhotoRec from my computer's hard drive, it's going to 
default to putting them in my own home directory. And since I'm recovering files from an external drive, that's exactly where I would want it to be. And so I will simply uh, follow the prompts on the screen. You don't press enter at this point. You press C when you've got the right destination highlighted. And so you can put it in your desktop folder or your documents folder. You can use the key selections to navigate through your hard drive uh, using the arrow keys and the enter key if you wish. I'm just going to put it right in my home directory and press the C key, the letter C, when I've got the right drive highlighted. Or again, it's giving you the option to back out at this point. To quit, you press the letter Q. So by pressing the letter C at this point, it now is attempting to recover lost files from my 32 gigabyte flash drive. And it is showing that it has recovered so far 9, 12, 13 files. And it's gone through about 10% of the drive at this point. And it's estimating that the time to completion will be 10 hours from now. So I don't think we'll wait for that. It's recovered another file at this point. Uh, if you want to abort this at this point, if you see that it has recovered the file that you're interested in, just press the enter key because the word stop is highlighted on the screen and it will stop this uh, recovery at this point. It's going to prompt you, do you really want to quit? Yes to really quit or no to resume the recovery. I'm going to press the Y key. And now it tells me that it's recovered 14 files saved in the home directory for my user in a directory that it created called recup underscore dir. And it also confirms that the recovery was aborted by the user. The word quit is highlighted, so by pressing enter, I will go back to the prompts and now scroll over to quit using the arrow keys and press enter once to go back to the menus move over to quit again press the enter key again and there we go so now if I look in my home directory and open the folder that it just created I can see several files that have been recovered and there is a zip file, an XML file, and several other files that appear to be backups from my MacBook because they end in the word apple.apple for some reason. So there we go. I have recovered 14 of the files uh, that were on this thumb drive. It is using read only so that I don't damage the drive or damage the files that I'm looking for. It has recovered the files and put them on a separate drive for me so that I don't overwrite anything on that drive I'm trying to make the recovery from. And that's it. That is how you use the PhotoRec program. And you can find instructions on how to use PhotoRec and the program that it is bundled with TestDisk, which we'll be discussing in our next user experience episode at the link in the show notes for test disk. Our next episode, though, will be a listener feedback episode. So until then, you can go to our website at goinglinux.com 
for articles and show notes and screencasts and other resources that will help you in learning about your computer and using Linux and open source software to get things done. You can also go to that website, goinglinux.com, to download and subscribe to our podcast. We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. And if you like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast, Google Plus Community. You'll find a link on our website to that as well. Until next time, thanks for listening. music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.